But what I've come to learn is that rejection is absolutely God's protection and rejection is absolutely redirection. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. While COVID-19 is having an unprecedented impact on the economy, companies like Gusto are still building tools to support your business and your people through the ups and the downs. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll, benefits, and HR to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Mag. And as a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Sign up and give it a try at gusto.com slash SHP. That's gusto.com slash SHP. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. Do you know that I just recorded this entire episode and the audio was just so scratchy? So let's take it from the top one more time because I am determined to share this with you. So it's Nikayla here, as you should know, and I really hope you guys are doing well. I'm really thinking of everyone during this season. I hope you are protecting your energy as much as possible and protecting your peace. I, for one, am focused on that completely. So in my last episode, I shared my tried and true tips for side hustling when you don't have a lot of time. And in today's episode, I would like to go a bit deeper into who I am, how I started side hustling, and then how I went from side hustler to turning my podcast into my full-time business. Now, I know every time I hear people's stories, even if I've heard some of it before, I always learn something new. And I wanted to go into more detail about who I am in hopes that it helps someone else. I hope it can inspire someone and inspire you in your journey. I hope it can give ideas to those who might be in college now or those raising young women who want to follow a more entrepreneurial path, a more creative path, whatever the case. And I really also want to give thanks to all of the Black women who I will shout out in this episode who have helped me at pivotal moments in my career, and it is because of their mentorship, their sisterhood, that I am the woman I am today. So whether you've been listening to the show for a while or you just started listening, let me tell you a little bit more about myself and how I came to start a podcast. Let's take it all the way back. I was born in Jamaica, and I came to this country when I was six years old and grew up in the Bronx, New York. And when I was younger, I was a really creative and also ambitious kid. I always gravitated to communications and media and entertainment fields. I don't know why. I guess I just watched a lot of Oprah and Barbara Walters, and I wanted to be a broadcast journalist, I thought. So I actually started working in media when I was just 16 years old. I went to an event at HBO. Yes, Game of Thrones HBO. Um, It was an event for high schoolers. I forget what was the reason that brought us there, but we were there. And as we're networking here at HBO, I was just in awe of the posters and everything I was seeing. And I thought, this is my shot. I want to work here. Now, 
I had never had a job before. <laughs> so I don't know why that popped into my brain, but it did. And it was probably God, right? It popped into my brain and I said, let me figure out how to do that. So I started asking people who work there. As I was talking, I was inquiring about summer internships. And lo and behold, someone said, oh, you need to talk to this person. So they brought me over to the intern program manager. And she said, oh, just send your resume and cover letter to me at this email. And I was like, cool, you got it. Well, I didn't say that to her, but in my mind, I was like, oh, oh, it's on. Um, so I go home and I had I had no resume. I'm 16 years old. I had no idea what to put in a cover letter. But, you know, with the help of my big sister, I pieced together my very first resume and um, a cover letter as well. Now, the resume probably had stuff on it that said like, oh, works at the student store selling snacks. But I don't even know. All I know is I put together every piece of so-called work I'd ever done in my life, send this resume over, and I got the job. I get an internship at HBO that summer, and I would go on to intern at HBO for five summers after that, well into my college years, getting to see and explore different areas of the network. That is also where I met a woman that would become very influential in my life, the director of HR at the time, a Black woman by the name of Angela. So summer after summer, as I came back to HBO, Angela became like a mentor to me. As I'm thinking of it now, I can't even believe she has been in my life since I was 16 years old. Um, that's 20 years now. And when I tell the story of my HBO experience, I often forget to mention Angela, so I want to uh, shout her out, and I won't say her last name, I won't put her government out there like that, but wanted to shout her out because she comes back up in my story. So listen out and pay attention. So after high school, I matriculate into the University of Pennsylvania. At the time, I thought I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. I majored in communications, and it was through my time there that I recognized I didn't actually see myself pursuing a traditional journalism career. While I was still in college, I then joined a program called Management Leadership for Tomorrow, which my older sister told me about, which helped me to explore different career paths in media and entertainment that were not um, that were not broadcast journalism. The next thing that piqued my interest was public relations. So through MLT, I was able to land a job at a public relations agency to explore that. So that was my internship my junior year of college and learned that, hey, I didn't like agency life. I didn't like that whole billable working with different clients as their publicist life. Um, so after college, I decided to apply for this um, summer associate program at MTV. And I ended up getting that. So my first job out of college was in the summer associate program, which was only about eight weeks, I believe. And after that, we had to interview for different roles. And I interviewed for the first role that I saw and was able to land that position. So at MTV, I worked in two departments while I was there. First in standards and practices, and then in public relations, a year later, I transitioned into PR because I thought, okay, I don't like agency life. I didn't like the, the you know, working on different clients, submitting billable hours life, but maybe I will like being in-house. While I was working in PR, 
I was also exploring doing PR on the side to get more experience and to see if I really like this. So that is a pro tip. And one of the first reasons that I started side hustling was to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. It was not to turn my side hustle into a full-time job. It was to really get my teeth into PR because in at MTV, I was the most junior person on the team. That meant I didn't get to do a lot of the exciting stuff at first. So I decided to do it on my own. And I reached out to my college friends who were trying to be in entertainment. And I was like, I'll be your publicist. I got cards printed. <laughs> and I was actually really, really focused. But ultimately, once I learned more about the industry, I saw that PR was just not for me. Between MTV and side hustling, I saw once and for all that PR was that I was just not a PR girl. I hated that lifestyle and many of the tasks of the job. And once I realized I hated PR, I began to kind of feel lost. When you explore a path and you really think that you found something and you're going to go down this path and then you realize that you hate it and you don't want to do it, it can be jarring. So for me, that kind of wake-up call came at the age of 24, going on 25. I went through a quarter-life crisis right on cue, quit my job, and moved back home with my parents. Now, I know how very fortunate I am that I was able to do that. Um, And I'm very grateful and thankful for that because when I was living at home, I was able to, um, first of all, I lived at home way longer than I expected. I thought I would figure my life out in like a year and I was home for three years. So that, that definitely threw me for a loop. But while I was living at home, I was determined to not be a freeloader and to also get out of there as fast as possible. So I got a desk job at a realty firm. And while I was at the realty firm, I started side hustling again. And I started my first blog. This was in 2009. And this was around the time that I first really started reading blogs and reading Blogspot and and stuff like that. Now, I know blogs existed before that, but that's when I got into it. So I was trying to find my next steps. I knew I always somehow come back to writing because that was one of my first loves. So I said, let me go back to tapping into what I love. So from blogging, I started doing even more writing, some freelance writing for different publications, and I would share my posts on social media. By 2010, that ended up landing me a job working as a social media assistant for a startup, a fashion e-commerce site. And shout out to another amazing Black woman in my life, my boss at this startup, Adriana, who played a pivotal role in shaping my view of the importance of social media and business, and also showing me how dope it can be to have a Black woman boss. So that role was a turning point and also was fun because it was like the wild, wild west. Listen, this was at a time when brands were just beginning to realize that they needed social media teams to connect with customers and drive sales. So there were no rules. We were figuring things out. We were able to define metrics to define best practices. And so that was an awesome, awesome experience to have. After a while, though, I ended up hitting a wall there because at a startup, you you learn really fast because you go from being the most junior to being the most senior. For me, that process took like a year on the social media team. And I felt like I was teaching myself after a while and I needed a different challenge. So that's what led me to move on to a role at Georgetown. Fun fact, around that time, I had started dating Moyo 
And he was graduating from business school. He ended up getting a job in D.C. And so I said, let me look for roles in New York and D.C. And if I get a role in D.C., cool. So that's exactly what happened. I landed an interview at Georgetown for their um senior, what was it, assistant director of marketing role in the executive education department. And I was kind of intimidated by that title, right? I had a little imposter syndrome going from being a social media assistant to this assistant director. And, you know, me and Moya, we had to do like a, a session of a, 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 a whatchamacallit, a pump-up session where we just, he just, you know, talked life, spoke life over me and the fact that I was going to get this job. And I did a power pose before this interview and I got this job. And that job was a huge boost to the resume because, I mean, assistant director, I felt like, just a boss. So I, you know, transitioned to working for Georgetown and it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a a wider lens of exposure to marketing, not just in social media, but doing many things across the organization. And once again, though, I started to realize that, hey, I am kind of having to teach myself, make my own recommendations. I don't really have a basis in In marketing, you know, I did communications, a very broad liberal arts education in undergrad. So that is when I started contemplating going back to business school because I felt like I was doing that guesswork. I was basing my recommendations on gut feeling rather than making database informed projections. And I didn't want to do that anymore. My older sister had also been nudging me um, for years to think about it. And she, you know, is, I have, two awesome older sisters who are always supportive. As a matter of fact, they're the ones who I sent every uh, essay to. I um, did mock interviews with, like, especially our middle sister. Like, we don't feel like we can submit an application without her eyes looking over something. So... We as a as a as a sister as sisters, like we really run our uh, moves. We're able to consult each other on our moves, and I'm so grateful for that as well. That's another point of privilege that I'm, you know, I'm going to say that. Wow, I'm really grateful for. And because I'd had these nudging, nudging from my sisters, like, "Hey, what are you doing? What do you want to do? What are your passions? Where do you want to go?" Um, I finally started thinking about business school in earnest. I had always shied away from all things quant in undergrad took my one requirement in quant and then I was like, peace out. I'm just going to focus on the liberal arts side now, guys. (laughs) But I realized that I wanted to be more knowledgeable once and for all about using data to predict, measure, and analyze marketing initiatives and to stop making those decisions on my gut feelings alone. So I once again turned to Management Leadership for Tomorrow, aka MLT, this time to their MBA prep program to help me transition from being this liberal arts communications girl who was shying away from numbers to being a top candidate for a top business school. And it was right around that time that I had to get really serious and start studying for that GMAT. So I was only working for Georgetown for a short time before it was time to start grinding. I was only in D.C. for a short time, I should say, before it was time to start grinding. So that was actually such a tough time because imagine you move to the city, you're finally in the same city as your boyfriend who you were long distance with, but you're spending every night after work studying, taking practice tests every weekend for the majority 
majority of your Saturday, you know, studying, taking practice tests. And I mean, that GMAT was, my, it worked me. Like I took that test like three to four times and it was a dark, dark period <laughs> for any of y'all going through that right now. I feel you, you will get through it. As a result of that grind, though, I got accepted to the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business and matriculated into Michigan in 2013. Now, business school was another transformative time for me because I went there thinking I was going to go down the traditional marketing path of doing consumer products goods. When you hear people talk about marketing who go to business school, they are usually going into CPG marketing, consumer product goods marketing. But once again, I'm very quick at assessing. And after a few brand camps, after a few, you know, sessions learning about CPG, look, I realized I didn't quite fit into that box. I really wanted to do social media marketing. And I didn't realize that, um, that wasn't really a role that was recruited for in the marketing lane in B-School. That might have changed now. But anywho, I didn't fit into that box. Luckily, I was able to secure an internship with Google working in advertising sales out in the Bay Area for the summer of 2014. So I headed out to Mountain View for the summer and had Moyo come out with me, had my back, um, since he at that time had left his job at Microsoft and was now working for himself full-time as an app developer, he had the flexibility. So we got to experience that together. And um, luckily he was there because, you know, it was kind of a grind of a summer. I wouldn't have had time to do anything else. I was trying so hard to show and prove like everything from, you know, just doing work, volunteering for stuff, speaking up in meetings, working on my summer project, um, trying to be googly, because <laughs> that's a big thing there, trying to be googly and just show that I fit into that culture, which is a problematic statement, but we, we're not going to get into that world right now. All I will say is that I felt that, you know, I went above and beyond. Definitely the thing with those summer internships are there are way more internships and way more interns than there are actual full-time roles. So I wish I had, you know, taken and had that perspective a little bit as well, instead of blaming myself so much. But ultimately, I did not end up getting the full-time offer to return to Google. And here's a teachable moment for you guys. Um, there was a time when I wouldn't have been able to say that, when that wouldn't have been able to roll off my tongue so easily. But what I've come to learn is that rejection is absolutely God's protection and rejection is absolutely redirection. Because had I landed that role at Google, I would have felt so set, so secure. I would probably have taken, I, I probably, I definitely wouldn't have launched this podcast. And what happens when you feel secure and you just feel like you can chill is you don't really explore passions. At least that's what happens to me. You know, for some people it's opposite, but I know that wouldn't have happened. So I was meant to do this. I was meant to be redirected. I just didn't see it at the time. I, in fact, I felt ashamed. I didn't tell anyone. You know, I studied abroad my second semester, which had already been planned. And I was trying to fumble around, figure it out, do informational interviews, apply for jobs on the low, hoping to get something. But I still didn't get something by graduation. So I ended up graduating without a job. And hey, that can end up happening sometimes when you are a creative soul who has multi-passions, who doesn't necessarily fit into a box, can't put your finger on where your talents best fit into a corporate role. It 
it can sometimes be hard to find a job from a more structured process, like a, a degree program, a grad program, MBA program, but do not give up. It's still valuable to go out there and learn what you need to learn. Just know that your pathway to your next role might look a little different. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. If you have turned your side hustle into an official business, you're probably starting to see that small business owners, we have to wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are really fun, but some like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, are not so fun. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. I've even had Side Hustle Pro guests rave about how essential Gusto has been to their business. So let Gusto wear one of the many hats in your own business. And remember, Side Hustle Pro listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com SHP. That's gusto.com SHP. Thanks to Bombas for supporting Side Hustle Pro. You guys, I have to tell you, Bombas are the best socks you will ever wear in life, all right? They go beyond traditional designs to be not only comfortable and look great for whenever you need, they have a wide variety of colors, patterns, lengths, styles, but they're also just so cozy. These socks, I love them so much, I brought them with me to the hospital to give birth. They have the grip, they have the coziness. It's like they hug your feet. And these socks don't only just keep you comfortable, they also help give back to the most vulnerable members of our communities. For every single pair of socks you purchase, Bombas then donates a pair to someone in need. So to date, Bombas customers have helped over 34 million pairs of socks and counting get donated through a nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. And not only do I love Bombas, but Moyo, like when I gave him some Bombas, like he was like, yo, he honestly, he does not rave about clothing and the socks had him raving for at least like half an hour after he could not believe it. So trust me when I tell you these socks make an excellent gift for anyone you know who likes their feet to feel cozy yet weightless. I love how comfortable they are. I love how cool they feel, but I especially love their philanthropic mission. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash side hustle. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash side hustle for 20% off your first purchase. After business school, graduate, moved back home to D.C. with Moyo, who was my then boyfriend, now husband. Um, I had no job. Like I said, I had no income. I realized I couldn't mope, though. I couldn't wallow in self-pity and feel bad for myself. I hit the ground running. I started interviewing for jobs, sending out my resumes, tweaking my resumes. Um, shout out to my classmate, Jesse, who reached out to me 
out of nowhere to just say, hey, how's it going? You need me to look at your resume. You need me to look at your cover letter and completely revamp my resume. So shout out to Ross folks for that. Go blue. Um, And in addition to that, since there's a lot of downtime when you are waiting, waiting for people to get back to you, waiting to get an interview, I decided to get back to my roots of blogging. So I started my blog again. I started creating content. I started using social media to promote my content. And one of the other interesting things I did was I kept on learning. Listen, I had just graduated from a two-year business program, um, two-year MBA program. I could have easily felt like, oh, I have my MBA. I'm popping. I don't need to learn anything. I know that. I understand marketing. Excuse me. But no, what I did was I continued to learn. I turned to people that were winning in the lane that were now interesting to me. So people who were on the cusp of everything, online marketing, building a personal brand, growing a blog into a personal brand related. And I learned and I dived into their content and I paid for their content and their workshops to learn as much as possible. My blog at the time was called Kayla K Speaks, which no one could pronounce, no one could spell. So that was just a hot mess. However, it started me back on the track of writing. And at the time I was writing about whatever I wanted to write about. I focused at first on marketing and tech because I was trying to get a role in those fields and I wanted to stand out to employers. I wanted them to see that I had an analytical brain and could you know, dissect trends and, and insights about these industries. But that didn't last long because that was boring to me. I can't be someone I'm not, right? I don't I I wasn't curious about that as much as I was curious about humans people and their stories. So my blog evolved to a platform where I interviewed different people, first in tech, and then I started gravitating to side hustlers. I realized I love talking to people at awesome jobs who are still finding a way to nurture their passions and build out businesses on the side, because that's what I saw myself ultimately doing. By that time, I was starting to get some entrepreneurial leanings, although I'd shied away from anything entrepreneurship in business school. I imagined myself working for many years, then testing out entrepreneurship, which is funny because a lot of people have that um have that idea that, okay, I'm just going to work first and then I'll be an entrepreneur. Like an idea is just going to come to them one day and then they'll quit their job and be an entrepreneur. So I was of that mindset as well. But now being in this position, it forced me to think outside of that. And I wanted to learn from people who were doing what I knew I would likely have to do, which was build it on the side, have my company be my investor and, you know, be able to pour my salary into my business before it was profitable. And I'm interviewing these people. So this is back in 2015. I'm interviewing these people. I am writing their blog posts. I'm sharing it on Facebook and Instagram. But I start realizing that (laughs) people aren't actually reading these posts. They're liking it because they're being nice and they're supporting me or they just love the energy. They love the energy that they saw from me, like the momentum, like, okay, she's really taking something seriously. She's really doing this. However, they were not truly going through those um, those blog posts. And so I felt like I wasn't doing justice to people's stories because I would have to edit them down. People weren't even reading the whole thing. So that is what got me thinking, maybe I should start a podcast. 
I also, like I said, I was looking for those stories. I wanted to hear more of the stories I could relate to Black women who were starting their businesses on the side because that was me. I wanted to see me reflected in the content I was consuming, but I was just not seeing it out there. I thought for sure I would find it, but I did not. So I said, maybe I'm going to have to create this thing. And this was in 2015. Like I said, I had never listened to a podcast before. Someone told me about Serial, so I checked that out. Someone told me about The Read, so I checked that out. And the Miley Teal podcast, so I checked that out. And I said, hmm, these are really engaging. Like, I can listen to these while I cook, while I do laundry, and I'm hooked. I want to go to the next episode. Keep in mind, though, the timeline. This is why I keep mentioning the year. I hadn't even listened to a podcast until 2015, but I ended up launching one in 2016. Also keep in mind that it took me having the idea in 2015 and waiting out several months before I ever launched it. So for those of you who are thinking about launching a podcast but haven't jumped in because you're questioning yourself or you're doubting, listen, I have been there. Just keep going. Keep pushing through. I also delayed my start because by December 2015, I was finally able to land a job. I got a job at NPR, and here is a full circle moment. So the way I found out about the role at NPR was through Angela, my old, the old director of HR at HBO. We stayed in touch all these years because she is like a mentor to me. And she, funny enough, had moved to D.C. to live and work by that time. And I was now back in D.C. looking for roles post-business school. And our worlds once again collided when NPR was looking for a senior manager of social media. What are the chances? So when I joined them, I was focused on the job, even though I had included my blog and they knew about my side hustle um, because I was very determined to be transparent and not have to hide any of myself at work. They knew about my blog. However, I wanted to come in, show and prove, focus on the job. So I delayed my podcast ambitions. And to be honest, I also had a bit of imposter syndrome. I mean, I was working at NPR, one of the biggest podcast producers with awesome, awesome shows. My desk was right around the corner from Guy Raz of how I built this. Like, come on, I'm here analyzing, is the show going to be good? Do I have the voice? Do I know the right questions to ask? All this stuff. But I had to push through that And remember that there was no show out there that was covering the stories I wanted to hear from the people I wanted to hear them from. I had a clear vision when I started. I had, remember, shifted over to writing about side hustlers on my blog, and I knew that I wanted to focus on side hustles. I also, going in, decided to remove expectations and just focus on being consistent. I said, I'm going to podcast for a year straight and then see where this is going. That said, the day before I launched, I almost didn't just pull that button. Like I almost didn't press, you know, publish because I was scared. I was nervous. And Moyo, you know, once again, came through with the pep talk and told me like, what are you talking about? This is awesome. This is going to be great. So that is some fun behind the scenes of Side Hustle Pro. Everybody gets nervous, all right, including me before they launch. Everybody has doubts and almost 
doesn't launch their show. But once again, you got to push through, especially if you want to put something out there in the world that is not out there. And for me, it was really important that I dispel the box that I thought entrepreneurship was starting to be put in. Like, how can there be one way to be an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is supposed to be like one of the like most creative and and you know just dynamic ways of thinking. So why was it being put in this box? Like the common theme that I kept seeing was the only way to be an entrepreneur and be serious is if you quit your job and move to Silicon Valley and live in a frat house with 12 people. I knew that life would never be for me. And it's also just not realistic for most people. Most people start their businesses on the side, use that income from their job to fund their business in the first few years when it's not profitable, and then are able to scale. I needed to see those stories because that was going to be my path. So I got my ducks in a row. And in June 2016, after we had that pep talk, you guys, I launched and I was amazed amazed by the response. Immediate downloads, immediately starting to climb those charts. I did my five-day marketing blitz strategy um, the week of publish, and I teach this in my podcast moguls course. So I did that strategy leading up to create a marketing buildup and create a splash on launch day and kept growing from there. And how I was able to turn my podcast into a business is around six months in of consistent work and continuing to think about the content and how I can make this as valuable as possible for my audience and learning as much as possible about my audience and also growing my social media platforms as much as possible. Around six months in, I was able to cold pitch my first sponsor after doing all of that consistently. And that's how I got the ball rolling with revenue. That's how I initially started to generate revenue for Side Hustle Pro from sponsorships. Then I moved into creating my own information products, aka creating online courses to teach what I know and have another revenue stream. So Around all that time, right before I knew I was going to start making money, I established my Side Hustle Pro um, entity. I created a business bank account. I trademarked Side Hustle Pro. So a lot of people will ask me about this specifically. Like, first of all, I'm not an attorney and I'm also not you. I'm not your business. I don't know where you're headed, what your goals are. But what I can do is share my process. And my thought process was I want to make sure that I'm going to stick with this name. I want to continue doing this because as someone who had been through a rebrand before, I know what it's like to have to, you know, change your website, change your URL, all that good stuff, because you realize that your name is not as effective. So I also spend a lot of time advising my podcast moguls about um, rebrands because their name is not doing what they think it's doing. So I want to make sure that you consider that before you start trademarking, opening business um, entities, and all that good stuff. So for me, that time frame was around six months of realizing that I'm going to stick with this. Um, then I began saving and making plans. So I'm big on making the plan, working the plan. So a year out, around September 2016, I con contemplated quitting my job. I said, I think I want to one day just be able to do what I want. You know, everyone has that moment where they're like, I just want to work for myself. I started having that inkling back in September 2016. I made a quit date of September 2017. The thing with going from side hustle to full-time entrepreneur, though, is that 
you have to make sure you have repeatable income month over month. I ended up missing my deadline of September 2017 because I got married in August 2017. And I needed some more time to get ready, get my savings where I wanted it to be, and practice that repeatable income a few more times. With doing so, I was able to quit my job in December 2017 when I knew that I could support myself with the income that was coming in from the podcast. And you can hear all about my mindset and what went into the decision in the I Quit My Job episode of this podcast. It was released in December 2017 when my feelings were raw and fresh. So go ahead and re-listen to that. But what I can tell you high level is that what went into that decision was determining and firming up my revenue streams, practicing generating consistent revenue from these revenue streams, saving a cushion of money, evaluating the risk and best and worst case scenarios. And by the way, when you have a partner, make sure you discuss these together because if you split things, um, you know, financial wise, and you're not able to pull your part, that is going to be challenging and a strain. So make sure you evaluate the risk, discuss everything, the best and worst case scenarios. And then I made an informed leap after doing all of those things. So, the entrepreneur journey so far has been awesome. I really can say that it has been, it has been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been fulfilling and it has also been rewarding and it's been, um, it's been something that gives me a lot of pride because when you're nervous about something and something is risky and you're able to do it and not only survive but thrive, there's a great deal of pride that you have in yourself. Like, you did that and you're doing that and you're continuing to do that. So since quitting in December 2017, I have experienced many, many ups and some downs. Um, the show has continued to grow in downloads and listenership. I have spoken to amazing guests, had the opportunity to expose people to inspiring women they had not yet come across, and have them gain wisdom from the guests on my show. I was also able to speak at some terrific conferences and deliver keynote addresses. I even appeared on the Today Show in August 2019. That was excited. And I also have an episode about that. So look up um, from August 2019, my Today Show episode. I'm proud to say that as an entrepreneur, I have maintained a consistent income. I've grown my revenue each year. And I'm now shifting to thinking of how I can expand this content into an even more robust format. It was, of course, an adjustment, which included getting used to the lack of social interaction and the loneliness that can come with being an entrepreneur, getting used to the new um, grind of knowing that each month you have expected and projected income, but things might change and being able to live within those ebbs and flows and create a system so that, you know, you always have what you more than what you need, plus savings, plus are making sure that you're paying the man, paying the IRS. I didn't know it at the time, though, but on that piece of getting used to less social interaction, the social distancing that we are going through right now during this COVID pandemic is what the first year of entrepreneurship felt like to me. I had to be way more intentional about reaching out to people to have girlfriend meetups for dinner and gatherings. And 
that took some time to get into the flow with that. So 2018 was definitely a year of getting my footing. I tried different things like figuring out where I could be most productive. I tried joining a co-working space. I ended up leaving the co-working space because I realized that wasn't my jam. Um, I learned and, and started to um, practice hiring new team members. When I look back at this overall journey so far, again, the one word that comes to me is proud. I don't know many people who have traveled this path, and I didn't have a lot of people that I could turn to to ask questions or to model. A lot of the people I looked to, I probably, I I did not know at the time. Now I know some of them, but a lot of the people I looked to, I did not know. I was following along, trying to piece together my own blueprint. And so I'm proud to have been on this path. And like I said, to not only be surviving, but thriving. Um, and thank you guys so much for coming along with me on this ride, for listening to this show, because this show would be nothing without its listeners. So thank you for listening, for sharing, for writing me emails about how it has impacted you. I really, really, really appreciate you. So there you have it, guys. That's how I went from turning my podcast into a full-time career. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Reminder, if you're interested in being a part of the next cohort of podcast moguls to learn how to grow your own podcast from side hustle to business, make sure to sign up to learn more at podcastmoguls.com. Podcast Moguls is my eight-week course that teaches you how to get started and grow your podcast downloads and grow opportunities for sponsorship, press coverage, and more. This is for people who are serious about creating an impact with their podcast. So you want to take it beyond the hobby phase. You want to create an impact. You want to use it to build a consistent and powerful platform. Head on over to podcastmoguls.com to sign up and learn more and be notified of my next training. All righty. So guys, I hope this was helpful. I hope you've learned more about me and how Side Hustle Pro came to be. And I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you'll receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.